Dak Prescott versus Brock Purdy. You flip over to the yardage mark and you know Brock's up there with some of the best names in the league. Because I think this man probably just changed the game of baseball. What up, everybody? You just tapped into the Ivory League. And today I got a very, very special guest. My man, Gabe. We from the same area. We like the same teams. We even know the same people. My man, Gabe, is here. We're talking some Niners. We're talking some Shohei. But Gabe, first and foremost, how how are we feeling, brother? First of all, Greg, thank you for having me on here today. It's absolutely my pleasure to be part of the Ivory League. Got a lot of respect for that. Uh, you know that. We hail from similar places, not too far away from one another. And our interests, you know, line up a lot. And then we're both, you know, pretty heavy in the sports betting industry, you know, trying to make a difference for the people, trying to make a difference for me and you, you know? Nah, if you don't know, absolutely, Gabe. But if you don't know, my man Gabe is the FanDuel guy. He has articles all over FanDuel. He actually won last week. He won on the Packers over yesterday, actually. He cashed on the Packers, Giants over yesterday. But Gabe, let's get into it. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. The people want to know, Dak Prescott versus Brock Purdy. These Cowboys fans are coming out of the woodworks. They're coming out of nowhere talking their talk now because the Cowboys finally got 10 wins. They're 10 and 3. They're finally in the league of that NFC East division. But now they're talking about MVP with Dak Prescott. But I got a problem with that, Gay. I got a huge problem with that because I like Brock Purdy in a lot of statistical categories. If we was to go one by one, a quarterback statistics, Brock Purdy has the upper edge. Yeah, I think there's a lot of aspects where where Brock has outplayed Dak. And you got to take everything the Cowboy the Cowboys fan base says with a grain of salt. With that said, I want to give some credit where credit is due. Dak is playing some good ball this year. I, I he think he's probably playing the best he has since the year he won um, AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. That's quite some time ago. When we know Dak's story since then, good regular season quarterback, can be a high-volume arm at sometimes. He throws the ball a lot more than uh, Brock Purdy does this year. But then when it comes with Dak, it comes with the turnovers and with basically your play once the postseason starts. But when it comes to the MVP, of course, they don't consider any of that. They don't consider the postseason play. So he's playing good, but I, I think Purdy is playing a lot more efficient than than Dak is. You know, Purdy, on the season, I think Purdy has only attempted... 359 passes. We could even flip that over to Dak, who, off the top of my head, I'm going to say he's probably much closer to 400 passing attempts on the season. 450. So he throws the ball wow. more than Brock Purdy does. But then you flip over to the yardage mark, and you know Brock's up there with some of the best names in the league. And he's above Dak, right? Doesn't he have more yards than Dak currently right now? I know Prescott, he leads the league in touchdown passes. But in terms of yardage, let's see right here. Of course, at Fandle right now, Prescott is the, the leader in the market. Or I shouldn't say he's the leader in the market. He's the front runner in the market right now. Plus 155, which does seem like a fair price the way Prescott is playing. But you can make the argument that why isn't Purdy at that same 155 number? We see him a little bit behind. Right now, Purdy's getting plus 175. And then back to your argument there of passing yards. Yes, you are correct there. Purdy has thrown for more yards than Dak. Uh, he's got him by about 50 yards right now. For uh, Purdy thus far, he's at 3,553. Dak is closely behind at 3,505. And then for those two, that's uh, number three and number four in the NFL right now. Of course, we got Tua out in Miami, who, yeah, is another high-volume arm with the playmakers they have in Miami. But you also see with the Dolphins, the results can vary a lot. They're not working with the same defense that teams like the Cowboys and the 49ers have. So even there's all these things that go into winning the MVP award. So much of it is outside the quarterback's power, which 
you know, I'm not really here to argue if that's fair or not. But in terms of just everything working out right now, it really is just leading to a, a Brock and Dak uh, kind of photo finish here. And looking at the numbers, it's hard for me to understand why Dak got that slight edge after last weekend. Hey, Gabe, I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm not sure. I'm going to tell you what it is, Gabe. It's the hype. It's the Dallas Cowboys. It's America's team. Dak Prescott went out there on national television and beat the Eagles. He looked really good. He did. He threw for two touchdowns. And it's just the national hype. But me and you, we watched the game. You just went over the numbers. My man Brock Purdy has almost 100 less passes than Dak Prescott, but he has more yards thrown on the year. That's crazy. You know, put that just into the... That's crazy. You got to put that into perspective. And the national news, the national media, the Cowboys, yeah, blah, 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 Jerry Jones, that's the reason that Dak Prescott is the favorite. But don't let that deter you. Don't let that get you confused because I think Brock Purdy will finish this thing off as the NFL MVP. He's playing smooth, man. And it's it's just how you, you put that in perspective there again. Nearly 100 less passing attempts, but he's already thrown for more yards than, than Prescott. And you can argue maybe skill position to skill position. I, I definitely like the Niners group a little bit better. But the Cowboys have a solid crew. Let's, let's not make a mistake. Absolutely. Great weapons around for Prescott to thrive. And he is thriving right now. But Brock Purdy is averaging 9.9 yards per attempt. Not only crazy Eller, but this is a guy that people were claiming was another was another checkdown person. And Brock goes downfield so much more often than Jimmy G did. So much oh wait, I feel like even Alex Smith did in, in some of those days. Um, when he was with the San Francisco 49ers, Purdy definitely plays the game with guts. I think anybody who's watched him for any extended time can see that. And I think it's really a lot of those naysayers against him. Because a lot of people don't want to accept that their team passed up on Purdy five, six, seven times in the draft. And it happens, man. It's a business, and there's a lot of great players out there, and people get passed. But John Lynch and the Niners crew, they really did their work with Purdy. And I don't know if they could envision it going how it is now, but they obviously saw something they liked, and it's translating every week now. I'm going to pull up the Niners. You pull up the Cowboys. Let's just go over their remaining schedules and just see if we could predict who's going to win MVP just based off of their schedules. So the 49ers got the Cardinals week 15. Week 16, they have the Baltimore's coming in on Monday night. They have the Commanders week 17. And then I think they end the year off. Rams, they have the Rams. In the year off with the Rams, not the Cardinals, the Rams. That's the four that they have left. They have the Cardinals, Baltimore, the Commanders, and the Rams. Who do the Cowboys have left? Cowboys have a tougher road here to to end the regular season. So in their final four, their next game is going to be Sunday. They travel to Buffalo, which Buffalo's playing good again. They've they've seen yeah. corrected their mistakes. Their defense is playing cohesive again. After that, they stay on the road. So after going all the way up to Buffalo, Dallas is going to turn it all the way around, go down to South Beach and play the Miami Dolphins. So again, it's another one where Miami, they, they've shown some mixed results, but they're obviously a team that, that can hang 70 on you, you know, like that. Like Denver. Probably not going to hang 70 on Dallas, but they get the benefit of hosting the Cowboys. So again, uh, Buffalo, Miami. After that, they get Detroit, who's a, you know probably going to win the NFC North. And with the way things shape out, that could be a potential playoff preview there for the Cowboys because Detroit's going to have to play somebody, You know whether it ends up being San Francisco at some point, whether it ends up being Dallas or Philadelphia. They're going to match up with someone there. The final game for the Cowboys is really kind of only give me on the schedule from here on out is the Washington Commanders also, which the 49ers, that's a common opponent for them in the uh, final four weeks. So definitely just looking at just just at that quick glance there, 
I would say Purdy is probably in that driver's seat. To uh, I'm rocking with Brock, man. Just based off the remaining schedule, based off of he threw almost a hundred less passes than Dak Prescott, and based off me being a Niners fan, I'll just be honest. I think the Niners are better than the Cowboys. I think Brock Purdy is better than Dak. I'm going to rock with Brock, but let's move on, Gabe, because I think this man probably just changed the game of baseball. My man Shohei Ohtani. <laughs> yeah, I think he did. I think he did. Not only is he just kind of a, a game-changing talent, but he literally just subverted the entire way that contracts could be negotiated. And I think this is this has been around for some time, but it's just a very seldom-used tactic. And I think it, it takes a, a certain very established athlete to kind of call that shot. Because if you're not somebody who's at the top of their... Oh, yeah. You would probably yeah. be willing to, to do that, I would imagine. You don't know what's going to happen in that amount of time, but... Yeah, it's it's interesting, but he is I mean, a very very wealthy man. Whenever that that payment is deferred, and it looks like Shohei's going to be with the Dodgers for a very long time. And as such, as you'd guess, the Dodgers they're going to start the season as um, favorites to win the World Series. They're at plus five fifty now. Behind them is going to be Atlanta. They're at plus six fifty to win the World Series. And then, as as you would imagine, the Dodgers are an early runaway favorite to win the NL West at minus 250 odds there. Let me tell the people what happened. My man Shohei Otani absolutely changed the game. In fact, he deferred $680 million for 10 years away. He's going to get that 10 years down the road. My man absolutely changed the game because he's only charging the Dodgers. He's only on the books for $2 million for the next 10 years. So that means... They can go out there and acquire more and more players to go with him. Mookie Betts, Freeman. I could keep going, Gabe, but I'm going to just stop right there because I don't want to show the Dodgers too much love Meet with me being a Giants fan. But my man Shohei, I think he changed the game, Gabe. Are you, do you think more people are going to start doing this deferred payment type of thing? Set up? Yeah, I do. And it's going to be interesting to see who is the side that addresses it now? Because there are situations where I think it can be beneficial for a team. This is much as, you know, it hurts me to say. This could, in the long run, be a great move for the Dodgers because Otani is just that. It really could. Or he's going to bring the power of an entire nation with him. So the Dodgers, I'm sure, are going to make all that money back. But in other situations, I'm not sure it can play out as well. But I think people are going to be eager to see if it can. Like, as a player, it'd be interesting to leave yourself in that situation because that's taking care of you down the road, which is a very very wise thing to do. And if you can work out some sort of salary just in that meantime that you're cool with, that's going to that's gonna work for you, then I, I don't see why more players wouldn't be interested in doing that. Because again, you know, we know about the Bobby Bonilla. That's that's the, the deal of all deals, a legendary deal. I'm maybe still not dollar wise, but should, this one's blowing that out the water though. This bl- literally blowing. <laughs> My man Bobby was getting like two mil a year. My man's going to be getting 28 million a year. I think that he's changed the game. And I honestly think that future athletes, you know, especially after these NIL deals, these kids are going into the pros already millionaires. These kids are millionaires in college. And in fact, some of these kids are millionaires in high school. Mm -hmm. So if they have money already going into the league, why wouldn't you defer the payment to make sure you have money after playing? As well as your family has money down the road. So, like, I don't know, Gabe. This really might be transcending. This might be something new that we're going to see across all sports. 
Yeah, and I really like how you put that in the perspective of this is going hand in hand kind of with that NIL thing because it's like you said, kids, they're they're getting their bag a lot earlier now and, and more power to them because, you know, 20 years ago, there's a lot of players, they worked their entire life, you know, and they maybe don't come from the best situation. And then once they finally get to that moment, they're kind of just going to take anything you'll you'll write for. Exactly. You know, it's, it's good money, don't get me wrong, but just maybe aren't as um, financially aware of certain things. Exactly. Like you said, they're getting schooled at a much younger age and they're coming in a little bit more aware and I'm not sure if maybe that could lead to them just in a way dictating what playing situation they end up in more maybe they start to value competitive situation if they're already have you know if they're already financially taken care of but yeah I again I, I really can't it, it sucks that it's the Dodgers I'm you know don't want to hide my feelings there but it's 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 a groundbreaking move like you said he subverted yeah. status quo and I think it took someone like Otani to do it first yeah the floodgates could open and maybe we'll not see anyone do it to this scale, but I just think it, it sort of opens up your balance to get creative with your books and get as much as can on your roster and get team players, you know, because that says a lot about Shohei too. It's like, I want to win now. And, you know, if I'm taking all this money off the books, it's probably not too much of a chance that that can happen because the Dodgers still need pitching. We know that they have a ton of bats, but Shohei can't pitch next year. And we're not exactly sure when he will pitch again. I'm sure it'll be at some point, but just, you know, an interesting uh, situation. It's weird to separate kind of what the on-field effect is going to be with the off-field because, honestly, I think the off-field effect is really what's going to be exponentially huge. I, but but let's talk about that real briefly because the off-field effect with Shohei is the reason that he's able to only take $2 million from the Dodgers. My man is making a whopping, I heard reports that he's making up to $35 million off endorsements. That's crazy. Yeah, I believe it. So like, too in in Japan, I'm sure he's got separate kind of things set up over there. But that could be factored into that as well. But he's he's yeah. a global brand, you know. And baseball is good. Baseball has always been a very international game. But I feel like even it's even growing more internationally with the presence of some of these World Baseball Classic tournaments that we've had. The game is only you know it's spreading around the globe more and more. And it was already fairly fairly an international game. But yeah, just Otani, man, he he seems to be able to draw from all corners of the world. And rightfully so, because the talent that he's displayed in his career and kind of sucks that so much of it was spent down in Orange County playing for the Angels and haven't really got to see him in, in the playoffs or anything like that. Anaheim and L.A. are the same thing. I don't know. Anybody from L.A., I don't want to hear, no, it's not L.A. No, Anaheim and L.A. are the same market. He's going to get the same treatment he was getting. I, I don't. I don't see anything changing. I don't see any... It's the it's literally like 10, 15, 20 minutes away with no traffic. It's the same thing. I'm tired of them LA fans, Gabe. I'm tired of them. I'm tired of Dodger fans. I'm even tired of Angel fans. I'm tired of you Southern Californians telling me that LA and, and Orange County ain't no. It's like the Jets and the Giants. The A's in the Giants, San Francisco Giants. Same billboards and they're connected on I-5. You can get from Dodger Stadium to Angel Stadium. Pretty quickly, like you said, with no traffic. That's what I'm saying. You tell them, just look up the greater Los Angeles metropolitan area. Anaheim's included. <laughs> Greg, my boy, I got to jump, but I'm glad I could get on here. Yeah. Hey, I'm looking forward to coming back. <laughs>